Get it, Chris. We're going? Yeah. It's going to get real. Yeah, we'll just uh, I'll just do We're, like a little... Do your intro. Countdown or something. A three. Yep. Get ready. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud podcast brought to you by the Pull String Press. My name is Chris Baca, and I'm with the blonde bombshell beach body, Jared Truby. That's true. And sitting next to us today is Alex Littlejohn. Alex does specialty hey. sales for Equator Coffees and Teas. She is also the membership chair of the Barista Guild of America and is the SCA education counselor. Hello, Alex. What's going on, Baca? Oh, I'm just having a great party time. Hey, um, not to mention, she's our first lady on the she show. She is the first woman on the Cat and yes, Cloud podcast. That makes me really excited. You are. You deserve to be excited. It's good to have you. I'm excited to be the true Baca first lady. <laughs> 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 You're better than Michelle Obama. Coined it. Different than Michelle Obama. Alex took a little uh, sidebar journey from Fresno. Yeah, I was in the Freztown, man. Freztown, and you took the five. I took the five all the way down to the 126, mm. up to the 101. Shot on over. Living that Cali life, Good you know? Golly. Just to come visit us. Um, for people, a lot of people probably already know you. For those who don't, kind of fill in the gaps that I had in the intro. Tell people a little bit about what you do on the day-to-day. What's your jam? Well, I'm in specialty sales at Equator Coffees and Teas, which is based in San Rafael, California. I, however, am based in Los Angeles, California, and I do sales, business development, marketing, a lot of training and you know and pretty much just like also you know, resident equipment transportation specialist from LA to <laughs> San Francisco and right now I think like my main job at Equator is like head recruiter I think like just bringing on some awesome folks and like you find the talent yeah good team members just something I learned over at Verve like putting aces in places it's awesome aces in places yeah you've been pretty deep in the uh, industry for a long time you got a lot of connections out there would you say that you're maybe responsible for bringing Ian Levine former Cat and Cloud podcast um, <laughs> guest to Equator 100% oh Ian yep. oh Ian Ian I you mean. hear that you have nothing to do with getting your own job it's all Alex you can <laughs> thank her now or thank her later <laughs> that's not true but what's so funny is um, I'm trying to get another friend of mine a job at Equator right now and came across Ian's original like email to me with his resume oh wow oh, lord and it was really funny it was like me just being like no do this 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 and this like change that objective what are you doing were you like why are you including your bench west press weight on here what? i'm like why is there an eight by ten glossy of you <laughs> attached to this resume as a child as a child as yeah. a child it's yes. uh ian levine fact factoid sidebar <laughs> and already he had some literal eight by ten glossies of himself as how old was he probably alex i think he was like in his teenage years right or was he younger I think there was, was also like a that. six to eight year old that was maybe the one i'm thinking of oh no the one i'm thinking of is the one that was like hanging at your desk where he was definitely yeah, a grown-up oh oh okay, <laughs> he was okay. definitely a grown-up he had one where he was like probably eight <laughs> years old and the name on it was ian isaac that was supposed yes. to be his stage name wasn't benjamin banks levine another one well no that was his uh um well benjamin banks are his two middle names Oh, so Ian's name is Ian Benjamin Banks Levine, and Man. I we would tell him all the time, dude. Fuck Ian Levine, you should just go by Benjamin <laughs> Banks, Benny Banks, <laughs> Benny Banks. Uh, hey, you brought us some coffees. Uh, I got I got a Honduras Comu Cap, and what do you got over there? Chris? I got Ecuador El Batan. This yeah, is man. exciting. These Certified are both from Equator. organic. Yep. Our, go you we yep yeah uh, we both got fair trade organic coffees. It looks like yeah. Are all of Equator's coffees organic? No, not all of our coffees are organic. Not all of them are fair trade, but we do participate in both of those certifications. Right. So 
I brought you the El Baton because that was from not this lot, of course, but that was the coffee that Devorah competed with when her and I first met. Uh. So it's a, it has a special place in my heart. Yes. And then the Honduras, com, uh, whatever that is over there, is a new coffee of ours that we're working with, a all-woman cooperative in Honduras. So Nice. Super fun. Um, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot a little bit, but do you want to run through people who have not, you talked about competition, right? And on this podcast, we haven't spoke of competition. Do you want to speak a little bit to that and like how it goes down? Just because it'd be fun. Like Somebody besides like us. What competitions? Barista competition. Oh, the barista yeah, competitions. Yeah, like for people who have not listened to our podcast or maybe people who aren't in the specialty coffee industry, they're hearing barista competition and they don't know what that means. Did so we like, say barista competition? She did say Devorah oh. competed oh, with yeah, that yeah. coffee Got over you. there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you guys talked about it when Charles was on, right? Like a little bit? We talked about his, but not like the rundown of how it works. We just got talked it. about him. Well, you've got... So for people that don't know, Alex has a different perspective than Charles because you've been a judge quite yeah, a bit exactly. i've been a judge um i've been a brewer's cup competitor i was a competitor many many years ago in the barista competition but what year like 2003 when wow. i was like a teenage teeny when you bopper. were 12 yeah um but yeah the barista competitions are kind of like how do we describe them the olympics of coffee mm-hmm. or i like to kind of talk to them more about like iron chef of coffee mm-hmm. and with just a lot more rules it's yeah. kind of where we come to show what specialty coffee can be what we want it to be and what it means to us. Mm-hmm. So in a 15-minute competition, you are you have seven people looking at you. Four of them you're serving for taste. The other two are watching every move. There's one watching their every move. And then there's one watching everything. Yeah. So, yeah, espressos, cappuccinos. Uh, well, not cappuccinos anymore, I guess. Um, espresso plus milk. Oh, that's right. Talk a- yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. What um what are the new rules state for the milk course? Uh, I don't know exactly because I'm not on the judges committee or anything like mm-hmm. that. But from what I've heard, it's going to be anything espresso and milk, but under a certain um, ounceage. Yeah. I'm not sure. Probably the cap is like five or six. A cap f- maybe it has to or be like five or six ounces uh, for competition. And in the past, for people to kick up their points, they've dropped the cup size to mm-hmm. a four ounce, taking one point off the, across the board instead of just taking the flavor hit, which could be up to like 20 points. So. Right. Stony. Because there's, for those who don't know, some there are some categories in the score sheet that are individual points. Let's say you get zero to six, and whatever point you land on is the point you get. And there's some categories that are multipliers. Yes. So you'll have zero to six times four. Correct. So in the cappuccino course, what competitors were doing was taking the risk of getting one, dedu- one point deduction per mm-hmm. judge of four sensory judges off the size of the cup incorrect cup Mm -hmm. no versus having like a one point difference on a times two multiplier so whoa that's an interesting interesting move actually because they're like i can get my coffee presence up and my flavor just dialed in a four ounce cup and i don't really care if i take the hit on not having the right cup right so instead of taking the hit now it's all about how can you make this coffee and milk together be harmonious at whatever volume that you want it to be at so you get to pick yes you could do a mock you could do a Mm -hmm. cap you could do a cortado you could do you could do a latte, theoretically, if you really wanted to. You could do like 12 ounces of milk and one single shot of espresso and see how that works. You know, in 2011, I had a scare in Houston. My cups were, they were the correct size and everything, an ounce, uh, but they had worried that they were too small. And at that time, I was, you could be disqualified for that, mm-hmm. which was absolutely, I remember being terrified. I was like, there's no way. I got seventh anyway. I didn't make the finals, but I thought I was going <laughs> to make the finals. Damn it. I yeah. thought I was going to make the finals and that didn't matter. But that I remember being scared. Amber Sather was like, they need to test your cups. And I was like, they're right. I tested them. She's like, we just need to see. 
I was yeah. so scared. And they take him to the back and they just measure him out, man. Yeah, it's like it's so effed. weird. <laughs> it was so effed. Yeah, competitions are interesting, man. There's a, a lot of our comrades are up in Seattle right now deciding the fate of the re- regional barista competitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jared was just saying he was talking to um, Pete. Yeah, LaQuesta. About <laughs> AKA LaQuesta. Yeah. Fear the beard. Yeah, they're all up there right now. I haven't heard anything, but Godspeed to them, man. I wish them luck. I pitched no scales. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody will hate me for it, but I pitch. Dude, everybody no pitches skills. everything, you know. Every, like, I know it's yeah. interesting, but yeah, good, good luck to them. I hope that uh, I'm looking forward to see what comes out of that meeting. Because there was a big, a big old uproar, right? Mm-hmm. So for, I mean, everybody listening probably knows, but for those that don't, <laughs> uh, the SCA announced, "Hey guys, we're not going to do the regional competition circuit anymore. We're just going to do the United States Priestess Championship." Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, "Wait, what? What's happening?" And then. It was just like this huge shenaniganery, and it was like the first time I've ever gotten involved in a Twitter war, and I will never do it again. Right, like, Twitter that war was super deep. Twitter war sucks, and I feel like people's reaction was mostly like emotional, mm-hmm. um, and I was really torn by it personally because on, on one hand I was like, man, like I really love the regional barista competition circuit. It's like a great thing. Like I'm kind of bummed that they pulled it, but then the other part of me is just like, okay, how many of these people who are complaining? about not having it, like realize what it takes to run these things and are willing to give up their own personal time to make it happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, oop, You're that's good. what it comes down to. Um, Cause you know, it's a lot of work. It's right? a lot of work. And you know, you've been a volunteer, you've been a competitor. I've been a volunteer. I've been a competitor, a judge, and there's not that many people that actually do it. It's always the same, like 20 people that show up, suit up and show up to do the work and like that's hang true. out and make things better and change things. So, Hopefully, those are the people that are the stakeholders in everything. All the sponsors, the competitors, the judges, they're all up there right now, and they're making it happen. They're making magic. So Yeah, so for everyone who is just complaining, that this is like your call to action, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm in on this, too. Like, if you're going to complain, you have to show up to help when it's... Yeah, or become a member. When the rubber, when the rubber meets the road. Like, yeah, pay your $55 a year and, like, pay towards the cause and, like volunteer and try to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem right so, so you're on the bga i mean how how's how's that all affected you i'm sure there's been a lot of conversations and get togethers and meetings weren't you just at a big meeting potentially well right? the big meeting that happened recently in august was sls which is especially coffee leadership summit and that's not where that's not really for that conversation that conversation really is more for the judges committee and the sea staff mm-hmm. but because there was such an outcry, the EC was just kind of pulled into it. We didn't know it was happening. There was a select few, I think, that knew, mm-hmm. but it was released to us like less than 24 hours before it released was released to everybody. Gotcha. So SLS, that, um, that meeting agenda had already really been set. So it was kind of like a mad rush with us and like a lot of SEA staff and board members going like, hey, we're all here. We need to talk about this. Wow. Let's talk about this and make it happen. And that's kind of where the idea for, you know, the apology letter came out, the mm-hmm. communications um, policy that's coming out from the SCAA, as well as this ad hoc meeting of all the stakeholders trying to save the fate of the regionals and all that stuff. Save the fate. You know, it's like, damn the man, save the empire kind of thing. And hopefully it'll uproot some grassroots action from... Yeah you know our membership that will want to do it yeah i feel like it may be a good thing it, as like yeah. much of a pain in the ass as it was for you and probably lorenzo and like all those people that are involved on a high level 
it's pro- you probably got some gems out of it or at least oh, yeah. caught a little bit of truth like all right like we need help like who wants to help oh yeah the biggest part of it that came out of i think the biggest thing for me that came out of it was we did a lot of workshops at sls and this came up and we really are marketing to our members mm-hmm. we meaning the SCAA or the association is marketing they're not really communicating mm-hmm. And that conversation has been opened up. And I don't know if that would have ever happened if this right. hadn't happened. And that's a really great thing. So you'll probably see a lot more content coming from the association and also them reaching out for a lot more help. Nice. Yeah, for those who maybe don't know this and are just first-time listeners, the SCAA is a specialty coffee association of America. Um, that little tidbit for those of you who don't know what SCAA stands for. Yeah, and the l- BGA is the Barista Guild yep, of America. Of America. And you've been, you've been pretty involved in these things and... It's funny just because I've seen you do so many different little things. Like you've been involved all over the place for so long. Like you've been across the country, across. I mean, you've been international, right? You've been mm-hmm. all over the place. Fucking international. What? Okay, so SLS. What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing to see taught at, through the SLS? Uh, well, the SLS isn't actually a, a teaching oh. um, opportunity. Okay. What it is is where. All of the volunteers from all the committees and councils of the SCAA get together. So the Barista Guild, the Roasters Guild, Sustainability Council, mm-hmm. all the people that write curriculum. People think like all of that comes from like the BGAEC. We're not not all of us are writing curriculum for camp. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other committee. Oh. Um, there's a committee that does lectures. That that's all they do. And so there's probably like 150 people that come. Mm-hmm. And there's also the Standards Committee, the Tech Standards Committee, which is like the last hangers on like all these crotchety old guys that like are like espresso needs to be this no it needs to be this oh no wait who's on that dude you can see it online drop like one name for me uh skip finley's on it okay he's rad though yeah i mean they're all rad but like marty curtis is on that committee oh yeah um keeping it real and building roasters marty the one-man party dude yeah i think the youngest (laughs) one on there is rusty angel oh and he's like He's like, guys, 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 this is like the new way. And they're like, you know, coffee's been great for one million years and it's fine. They're like, I know you handsome guy. I saw your face on the side of a truck. Rusty. Rusty. Oh, I love him. (laughs) Rusty Angel. Who doesn't? It's a great name. What is your history? Like, how did you get involved with the BGA and specialty coffee? Because I will tell you. The first time that I really remember meeting you was at camp. Yeah. Many, many moons ago. And there's some dude playing guitar and you were playing like flute or recorder or something it like was that the native american flute native american flute just getting super jammed down with it recorder. Yeah, i don't know <laughs> I, did, I knew it wasn't quite a flute she's and it a wasn't flautist. quite a recorder she's a flautist she was playing jazz flute at camp yeah it was actually it was kind of like that it was me and jonathan uh stoff who owns the whatchamacallit bellamundo in slow oh yeah. Oh yeah, I go to I go to his shop like twice a week at least. Yeah, yeah. we want to get him on the show. Actually, he's got yeah. some good ideas. Dude, he, he's rad. He's got some really good ideas. He was strumming Bob Marley, and I was like, I know Bob it Marley. It was him playing guitar. Yeah, and Shut and he was like, let's do this. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, let's do this. And so I started playing flute, and then like all of camp, all of a sudden, was around the fire live show yeah and i remember lorenzo walking up to me in this tunic that had like all this beading and like embroidery on it and stuff <laughs> and his really long beard he looked like the prophet and he's like that's amazing <laughs> you're like that's <laughs> damn right it's amazing <laughs> who are you what is going on over here look at all these people you've brought it was really fun you all this is my calling Gosh. i was just like i was like didn't you guys read the instructions for camp it said bring instruments did it really? Yeah, it said bring, bring instruments. instruments and ayahuasca. Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> maybe, I'm like, <laughs> maybe like some peyote. 
They always made me stay home and work. I never got to go to camp what? or anything cool. I was the guy who stayed home and work, and, and Chris got to go to all the cool stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> I remember meeting Chris at camp, and I was like, yeah, I want to be in Chris Baca's station. And I got into his station. I was like, oh, man, I thought it was Jared Truby. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, Baca who's was that, cool. Who's that handsome blonde guy? Ugh. I was Ew. like, that's not the one I was thinking Not him. Of. People, Don't worry, I, I'm boring. I, I feel like people are always disappointed to be at my station. Dude, that's so not true. That's well, because it's like, all, bro. they're like, oh, yeah, he's probably pretty, pretty fun. And then in reality, I'm like the tough love guy. And I'm like, you didn't do it? Well, fucking do it better. It was <laughs> super that? good. I'm the encourager. But yeah. You got this, dude. Yeah, it's like good cop, bad cop. Bad cop, bad cop. So was that your kind of intro to the. Well, you said you competed in 2003, which yeah, was. Yeah, that was a mess. That um, was, yeah, I was working for the Dribblator Coffee House in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Wait, like D R I B B L A T O R? Dribblator? No. Dribblator? Dripolator. Oh no, you And we didn't. called it the Drip. Oh, oh no. And our tight. slogan was our slogan was get some. <laughs> That's the <laughs> best slogan ever. <laughs> and we served Larry's beans and they had like the Frank Sumatra and the Sammy Davis uh decaf oh, and no. like uh the Bean Martin blend. Yeah. Did you ever catch the drip or you stayed clear? No, I stay clear. Stay clear of the drip. You know what's funny? A, a, a little confession. I almost got Verve to name our decaf Round Midnight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, Round Midnight. Yeah, I was like, you know, I thought it was so cool. Yeah, that was, that's probably pretty cool. It yeah. was on the menu for about a week, and then they're like, this is a dumb name. Sean White nixed it and called it Vancouver, which, I mean, let's be real. Is that any better? But It's a little. No. It's a lot better. It's <laughs> a lot better. I round, mean. Round midnight. Round midnight. I named Portola's first espresso blend. was called Show No Mercy because we were on a Slayer, and that was the first Slayer album. <laughs> it was the only appropriate Slayer album to name espresso. Show No Mercy. <laughs> I think it should have been called Shromer Mercy. No. Yeah. Shomer Mercy. mercy. Shomer Mercy. David Shomer, that's a shout out. We'll Life, tweet you. Yeah, my oh, I'm gonna follow David Shomer on Instagram right now. Twitter. Twittergram. Does I, he do Twitter? I just followed He does at, the Twitter, I think. If you guys want to follow uh Alexandra Littlejohn, she's Raven speaking on Twitter, yes, actually. Because Trubaka just followed her. Did Oof. we just follow I, you? I literally somehow we weren't following her, so I Get checked. A little it. This guy I checked up on it. Now we're I follow following. you. Baka, like when I first started working at Verve, I was like Dude, Baca has so many Twitter followers. One post. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one yeah. One freaking post. I had the account, and then I didn't tweet for forever. Over a year, And probably. then I was like, I can't tweet by myself because I'm too neurotic for it. So I was like, we need to do this in like the true Chris and Jared fashion. And then we both attack the account. Yeah. Once you attack the account, things come together. Things it's come so together. Good. So 2003, total train wreck for you. Total train wreck. Yeah. Super weird. And then your comeback was like camp when I saw you, which yeah. was... 2000 what 11 okay yeah so i was um so you I were dormant for like a, a period of time yeah i was married like a volcano that <laughs> nice. was just doing waiting to explode yeah i was married running a business and he was like dude there's a lot of guys in coffee i don't really like you going to those things you're all yeah. guess what and i was like cool like i'm gonna be married and like do that and mm. was like running quickbooks for a stone masonry company sounds like you yeah totally it was not good were you married <laughs> to a dwarf no, I was married to a mason, man. Like he, was, he did a lot of cool stuff. That was my dwarf joke. That was your dwarf they, joke. They deal with stones. Kind of. <laughs> Under the mountain. Only Jared knows this. I um, watched Lord yeah, of the Rings. So I didn't do it for a while, and then I came back um, actually at Keen Coffee. That's where I came back. You oh. at Keen? Yeah, I worked at... Uh, Martin Working for Martin. Yeah. Oh, he's a great Martin's guy. Martin's a great guy. Because I was like 
a divorcee at the ripe old age of 24 or whatever. Man, you got to do it young. Join the yeah. club. I was right there with you. High five. Yeah, but you got married to Jenny again. Yeah, but I was still divorced <laughs> for a while. <laughs> the pain was still real. The, the pain, pain was, was still real. real. I'm so sure. Um, but yeah, so Martin's was like, I found them on the internet. I was like an executive assistant with like pantyhose and a suit. Nice. Horrible. And I was like Googling part-time jobs and I just Googled latte art Orange County and Martin Dietrich's <laughs> shop came up and I was like, can I work here on the weekends? Cause I'm really bored. And I did. And That's they were awesome. great, man. They did like, they had three lineas set up, like two for one for just pulling shots and two for steaming milk, because that's how busy they are. I hear they crank. They crush it. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I remember uh, Scott Guglielmino, who works at La Marzocco now. He he used to work at Verve, and he would tell me, he's all, there's no way we'll ever be as busy as, as Keen. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. I didn't know. We I probably, mean, they do we like weren't. a $10,000, $12,000 Saturday. Good that's for them. With no Wi-Fi and like just... Line out the door. How do we not go there? Way to go, Martin. We yeah, should Martin. go. Yeah, Martin's the man. I'm actually very sorry, Martin. I mean to go there all the time, and then Disneyland gets in the way. Well, let's. It's right by Disneyland. So how how did that? That's why. How did let's connect the dots here? Like okay. how did that, like translate into you becoming heavily involved in the SCAA, BGA? Because you've you've kind of like you know you've like immersed yeah. yourself in this culture. Yeah. Right. Because I, I you know we met and. I knew who you were, and then over a period of like a couple of years, you like just kind of buried yourself in this thing. Yeah, I mean, camp was the turning point for mm. sure. I mean, it was like, yeah, I've worked in coffee for ten years. I think I know everything. I don't think I need these classes. And then I showed up and failed epically. Like failed both my exams. Like didn't know the right words to parts on the espresso machine. Like didn't understand extraction the way I thought I did. And mm-hmm. then I also thought learned that I did kind of know stuff. And I was on the same level at certain with certain things with people like Baca and Lorenzo and Julie Hausch and all those people. And I came back and I was just on fire. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start this thing and I'm going to get involved and start asking lots of questions. And I would call like Julie and Miggy V and be like, what's the BJ? What's this thing? And like, what do we do? And how can I be involved? That's rad. So yeah. who who is Julie for people who don't know? Uh, Julie Hausch is currently the past chair of the Barista Guild of America. Mm-hmm. And so that means she served as chair, vice chair and all that. And she works in wholesale education for intelligentsia here in Los Angeles. Yep. Or Great. down in Los Angeles. Great gal. Yep. And Our Miggy V. Miggy V. Who's Miggy V? Miggy V. Miguel Vicuna. Miguel is one of the partners in Metropolis Coffee Denver. Yep. And is on the head judges committee, which is like now the competitions committee or whatever. Yeah. And is also the co-chair of the membership committee for the Barista Guild. So... He's always been a really good uh, personality when I'm at competitions, especially as a judge. He's been really inviting and like he makes you feel comfortable when you're serving him, which is, I think, uh, it's a talent in and of itself. A lot of the judges come off so ice cold that it makes you feel weird to serve them. And it's just like, you guys, like, pretend like you like me too, you know? And he's one of those guys who just naturally feels warm, even though he's doing his job. Yeah, he's an interesting fellow. Um, (laughs) Miggy V, that that, that, uh, nickname came from Colin. Colin Whitcomb, because he's like, yeah, man. Collectivo Coffee, yeah? No, dude, he's Madcap for a minute. Oh, I'm tripping. No, I was thinking of Cody Schneider. <laughs> Cody Canart. Canart. Cody Schneider. That's your friend from Santa Barbara. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just trained him in coffee, that's why. <laughs> Cody Schneider, I met Cody Schneider. Cody Canart. Also, I, I met Cody Canart, who Jeez was a Louise. sexy beast. Yeah, Sorry. His, my first Back. interaction with Canard at camp was he had a 40-ounce duct tape to his hand. <laughs> was it of water? No. Oh, snap. 
It's like old English 800 or something. Ooh, Mont- Le- All right, guys, that concludes part one of our three-part series with Alex Littlejohn. Thanks for tuning in to the Cat and Cloud podcast brought to you by the Pole String Press. I'm Chris Baca, and this is my friend Jer Truby, Woo. and we'll see you next time.